Hey, welcome to Night School, Friday night on the go, episodes on the go. And I, I wanted to do an episode tonight to talk about a little cosmic joke that played out a couple nights ago. If you've been keeping up on the episodes, keeping up on the episodes, uh, you know that, you know, a recent joke I've been making is about a rock in a plastic bag. I talked about how there's a guy in town here who, in my old neighborhood, would market his landscaping business by putting a rock in a plastic bag with a business card and throwing it on people's driveways, and how I just found it so annoying and disturbing, and how, you know, even beyond, like, some of the, you know, clever little marketing tricks people do, this one is particularly obnoxious, just because you're throwing a rock in a plastic bag onto people's driveways, you know? I think that speaks for itself, why that's annoying. But I started using it as kind of a joke in some recent episodes, and my current neighborhood, (laughs) I think you can see where this is going, my current neighborhood, as far as I know, despite being in the same town, has never been hit by this guy. I lived in my last neighborhood for seven and a half years, and I actually lived in my current neighborhood about nine years ago for for years. And as far as I know, this guy never hit my current neighborhood. Yeah, it's the same town. It's not terribly far away. But still, you know, I never once saw a rock in a plastic bag on anyone's driveways where I currently live. So naturally, you know, in doing an episode about that and in using that as a new joke on this show... I'm going out to take the recycling out a couple nights ago, and I see what I think is a little bit of uh, plastic garbage at the edge of the lawn, at the edge of the driveway. And as I get closer, a realization hits me, a a sickening realization, uh, because that wasn't just any plastic garbage. It was a, a very special kind of garbage. It was a very, very special kind of garbage. It was a rock in a plastic bag with a business card advertising a certain man's landscaping company. And my initial reaction was anger, I gotta admit. You know, I don't like to get angry. I don't get angry very often, despite, uh, you know, my, uh, my masquerading on this show as some kind of snarling beast but really being just a dancing medieval bear. Uh, You know, I don't get angry that often, but I found myself react... Like, I I said out loud, when I saw what it was, I said, that motherfucker, out loud in my neighborhood. I swore. I swore, you know, within the ears of my neighbors. And, uh... (laughs) But I had to laugh. I I really... I had to laugh. I had to enjoy the cosmic joke. Because, you know... You can say it's a a statistical probability, like, the guy, he does this, he hits neighborhoods in this town. You know, there's a statistical probability that he's eventually going to hit my current neighborhood, which isn't terribly far off from my last neighborhood. But just the fact that he did it so soon after I brought this into the world of every night's a school night. I bring this guy and his little marketing trick into the realm of every night's a school night, and within a couple days he hits my neighborhood. And I believe I even said in in that episode that he had never hit my current neighborhood. And he did, he hit it. He hit it real good, because just now I'm, I'm taking a walk, 
And I, I saw a lot of driveways with little shiny plastic bags with rocks in them. Rocks and business cards, so... I gotta enjoy it though. You know, even though I was kind of pissed, and I, I still am kind of pissed seeing all these little bags at, at the obnoxious audacity of this guy with a lawnmower. Let's call him what he is, a guy with a lawnmower. Uh, he's no different than a kid who's trying to earn, you know, enough money to go to space camp by mowing people's lawns, but uh, I can tell you what, this guy's not throwing moon rocks onto people's driveways. I actually examined the rock. I actually took a long, hard look at the rock before not throwing it out. I didn't throw that rock in the garbage can, but I, I, I put it where rocks belong among other rocks. I put it with its, with its fellow rocks, you know? But I looked at that rock, and there was nothing special about that rock. He goes out and he finds those. He actually puts quite a bit of effort in. But you gotta love that little, you know, synchronicity, that little cosmic joke that I start talking about this guy. And I haven't actually seen this guy's work, his art. Because maybe, like, as I said before, maybe it's not even an attempt at marketing. Maybe this is some form of uh, guerrilla art. Maybe this guy's the Banksy of Olympia, and he, uh, you know, this is some sort of guerrilla art installation pretending to market a lawn care company by throwing rocks and bags onto people's driveways. It's entirely possible, you know? But uh, this guy, uh, you know, he obviously puts a lot of effort into it. You know, he's not hiring a company to bag this shit for him. As far as I know, there's no company that'll do that for you. There's no company that'll put rocks in plastic bags for you. So this guy's doing it himself and he's driving around. Maybe, I like to imagine maybe his wife or kid is with him. I like to imagine he's not alone. Unless he's, you know, unless he's a moody artist. If he's, if he's one of these moody, temperamental artists and he wants to, you know, complete his work in solitude, I understand. I understand that, trust me. So maybe he is a moody, temperamental artist, you know, doing his, his guerrilla artwork by himself, driving around, but he puts a lot of effort in, not just in every aspect of, of his guerrilla art, he puts in a lot of effort. And, uh, you know, so does the universe, because as silly and stupid as it is, I love getting a little wink from the universe like this, where uh, you just manifest something like that to happen. Because no doubt I did. I feel this sense of guilt. When I got mad, when I saw the rock in the bag and got mad, I felt really fucking stupid right after I got mad. Because I was like, you know, I made this happen. Who am I really mad at? I manifested this. I somehow, you know, gave this guy the idea. Somewhere, you know, somewhere I transmitted the idea. I mean, he probably listens to this podcast. He probably listens to this show. But somewhere, somehow, I gave this guy the idea. He, he was probably thinking, you know what? I've never hit that neighborhood over there before. I should do that now. I should do that now. And he did. He put in some effort. That man and the universe both put in some effort. A little mutual effort. And speaking of effort, something I've become really aware of this year is that Halloween has become Christmas for liberal millennials. Halloween is the new Christmas. Because people have been dismissive of Christmas for years, you know. 
the war on Christmas is real. It's not exactly the way people frame it. Uh, and hopefully you can hear me over this uh, this beautiful traffic. It's just beautiful, beautiful traffic. Um, but uh, you know, the war on Christmas it's real, but it's just it hasn't been framed accurately. And I don't. This isn't an episode about that. But I'll just say I do believe in the war on Christmas. But the people who are really concerned about it have have just they framed it inaccurately because they're too personally involved. They don't really talk about it objectively. For example, I worked with a woman in a warehouse and in the break room at the warehouse, somebody had written happy holidays and she used to cross it out every time and write Merry Christmas and then somebody would erase that and uncross the happy holidays and then she would cross it out again and she would play Christmas music like starting in September. She was one of those types of people. Uh, so, you know, someone like that is, is way too personally involved, way too emotionally involved in the war on Christmas to actually report it. You know, someone who's pretending to be a victim of the war on Christmas, a casualty, a casualty of the war on Christmas. But that said, I do think it's real. I do think it's real. And I'll probably save that for a, a, an episode closer to Christmas because I don't want to jump the gun and do a Christmas episode, a war on Christmas episode in October. I just, I don't want to do that. And I'm talking about Halloween and how Halloween has become the new Christmas, especially to, you know, I, I, I hesitate to really give it a demographic, but I notice it in particular with people who are under 40 or 40-ish, you know, maybe, let's say under 50. Let's be generous and say people who are under 50, generally liberal, generally, uh, you know, at least left-leaning, you know, it's very, you know, obviously alternative sort of people, people who would consider themselves alternative, because Halloween has always been that holiday that people are like, people who like to be like spooky, people who, even just people who like like Tim Burton shit are like, I love Halloween, obviously, I mean, people who like Tim Burton shit, of course, you know, goes without saying, but people who like never really outgrew a goth phase, it's kind of their day to shine, it's their month to shine, those people, you know, they celebrate Halloween year round, and so it all sort of builds toward, you know, just this explosion of that, like, I like spooky things, and Halloween is their chance to just shine, it's like the one day a year that they get to just do it, so that's always kind of been a thing, but, you know, now we're at this point where, in the same way that Christmas started to creep up earlier and earlier in the year, you know, I was talking about that lady I worked with at a warehouse who, she would start playing Christmas music like the second she could, and how people are always complaining about how stores start selling Christmas shit earlier and earlier each year. Well, the same thing is playing out with Halloween. And, like, I see Halloween stuff being sold in stores here as early as August. I'm not even kidding. And people start hyping it up and talking about it as soon as possible. I mean, school starts, you know, in September. And I feel like as soon as school starts, people are basically hyping Halloween now. Uh, and so, in that way, it's mimicked Christmas, but it's also mimicked Christmas in that it's become this holy day for people of my generation, I would say people of Gen X, I think that'd be a better way to put it, millennials and Gen X for sure, 
these two generations uh, for sure see Halloween as their own Christmas. And it's interesting to see it because I've noticed that the decorations are coming out earlier and earlier too, and in some cases staying up. You know, that's another thing that people have, you know, cultural critics have been talking about for years where they're like, you know, people are putting up their Christmas lights way too early. People are putting up their Christmas lights way too early and they're not taking them down, you know, they're leaving them up. They're leaving the Christmas decorations up. What are they thinking? And uh, the same is now true for Halloween, where the Halloween decorations are popping up, you know, in September. They're staying through November, maybe longer. And so in that way, Halloween has become the new Christmas, too. And people take it kind of seriously. You know, not too seriously. I, I haven't noticed anybody, you know, fighting over it. I haven't noticed anybody talking about the war on Halloween yet. Although that kind of, no, the war on Halloween's real, too, because these people, the people who treat Halloween like it's a holy day, the people of, of my generation and Generation X who treat Halloween like it's their own personal Christmas, they've been talking for years about how Halloween is targeted by evangelicals and the right wing for being blasphemous and how, and the same sort of thing where Harry Potter gets banned as it should. Uh, but the same sort of idea as Harry Potter being banned for promoting witchcraft. Halloween gets lumped in with that. It's been lumped in with that by certain radical religious groups for many years. So there is a built-in victim complex, even with the pro-Halloween crowd. It's not just the Christmas people who are victims of the war on Christmas, but there's also a built-in victimhood when it comes to being into Halloween. And you get to feel like a blasphemer. You get to show off satanic imagery. Because a lot of it's kind of, you know, to rub it in the face of those evangelicals, to rub it in the face of those boring conservative types who are uncomfortable with satanic imagery. God forbid, God forbid satanic imagery make you uncomfortable in, in 2019. Don't you know that stuff's cool? No, but uh, part I think part of the reason people embrace Halloween is because there is this element of blasphemy, even though it's really cartoony, even though it's very, uh, you know, even the stuff that's more gory and more legitimately gruesome still has this cartoonish quality to it. It's like horror movies. It's like why it's hard for people to take horror movies seriously. And even like hardcore horror movie aficionados, of which there are many, and and Halloween is their day, and I like those people. I do. Uh, I have a lot of friends like that. Not a lot. I don't have a lot of friends, but of my friends, you know, a, a good amount are horror movie type people. I'm not. Never been a big fan. Uh, but you know, they don't really take horror too seriously, in my experience. They, they tend to, you know, see it in a lighthearted way. It's not like they're, you know, these sociopathic serial killer types who worship at the altar of horror movies because they show people being murdered 
and and bring out some dark quality within themselves it's, it's not even that usually they have a sense of humor about it they enjoy b horror movies they enjoy ridiculous concepts ridiculous premises for the movies so it's all for it's all very lighthearted and uh you know and most horror or most halloween decorations halloween merchandise most costumes for that matter even if they're gruesome they're seen as light-hearted this isn't a day where people are like you know let's actually be demons let's actually be dangerous let's actually hurt people you know it's not like people are, are using halloween as an excuse to actually do that it's sort of this fun blasphemy and you know i didn't I'm not trying to analyze Halloween too deeply here. My point is just that it really has become the new central holiday for generally secular, you know, let's say younger generations. I mean, we're getting older now. We're getting a little bit older. But I would say childless, which is funny, but I would say childless, secular, you know, semi-alternative, whatever that counts for today, you know, Gen X and millennial types really have rallied around Halloween. And normally that's me. You know, growing up, it was probably my favorite holiday. I loved Halloween, loved deciding on a costume, getting dressed up. I loved having the legal right, not that, not that it would be illegal otherwise, but I loved that there was this night where it was completely acceptable to go around with a gang of people and knock on doors. I didn't care about the candy. I just like going, you know, up to people's doorsteps, seeing a little glimpse of what people are people's lives are like. You could tell a lot about people from going to their door just to get candy on Halloween. You got you could see a glimpse into their house and this isn't even meant to be a creepy thing. I just mean it like you get a glimpse at at the way people live. And you get to go around in a, in a weird costume while you're doing it. You know, you don't have that right very often. And you lose that right when you're too old, unless you have, like, a kid with you or something. And, uh, you know, so Halloween was always attractive to me in that way, but everything about it. It wasn't just the, the weird voyeuristic door-to-door, -door, you know, neighborhood ghoul aspect. It was also just everything surrounding it. And some Halloweens were a letdown. Sometimes things just didn't pan out. You know, the way the the way this darn Gregorian calendar played out, there were a lot of Halloweens growing up that ended up being on weekdays. So you felt like you you had to go home earlier than you wanted, or people turned their lights out earlier than they should. So, you know, sometimes there would be a, a lot of hype and then a little bit of die down. And that's all right, you know, it's good to have that. You know, it's it's no different from uh, Christmas in that way, where at some Christmases there was a lot of hype, and then they just kind of, then it's just over, you move on. Some Halloweens are like that, but it was always my favorite holiday as a kid for all the reasons, all the normal reasons, in addition to my weird voyeuristic reasons, in addition to... The performative aspects of dressing up and playing a character for a night you know really like openly playing a character openly larping you know not just doing it in this secretive 
weight you don't even realize half the time but just everybody's doing it tonight everybody's doing it tonight larping halloween but you know I, this isn't even meant to be a criticism about how halloween has become this central holiday how halloween has become the new christmas to certain groups of people it's not even meant to come across as any kind of criticism or anything like that but I do have to say, yeah, this year, I'm not feeling the energy much. I don't even have a costume planned. I have no, I have no plans. It's not even that I have no costume planned. I have, I have no plan planned. And the last, and I spent a number of years being serial killers for Halloween, and that was fun. And then the last two years, I was pro wrestlers, which seems like a good transition, you know, from serial killers to pro wrestlers. That's that's if anything is an indication of me getting healthier of mind. I feel like that is it. You know, how's Eric doing? How's he doing? It's you know, well, he was serial killers for Halloween for five straight years. In the last two years, he's been a pro wrestler. He's doing great mentally. He's he's really gotten high on this whole positive thinking thing. Thinking thing. Is he doing less thinking in general? I'm worried about him. He's doing a little too much thinking. Well, he is, but it's mostly positive. He's he's dressing up like pro wrestlers. But yeah, the last two years I was pro wrestlers, and I planned on doing that indefinitely. Two years ago, I was Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hulk Hogan from the NWO days, and I got miserably blackout drunk and fell down into a garbage can and fucked up my back. It was really one of the events that led to me quitting drinking, one of many, and a whole ongoing saga that led to that, but I feel like that was a good way to be Hollywood Hulk Hogan, is to get blackout drunk and fuck your back up falling into a garbage can, as a pro wrestler should and would. Uh, but then last year, I was uh, Brett the Hitman Hart, very happy with these costumes too I, I really I'm, I'm very proud of these costumes but last year was fun you know it was, it, being sober and everything though was a bit different being at a Halloween party sober I feel like you just end up walking around like checking your costume you, you just walk around adjusting your costume if you're sober at a Halloween party which I was so yeah it's like wearing tights and a pink tank top I just I think I walked around just kind of adjusting my tights all night that's what a sober person does at a Halloween party, it turns out. Uh, but this year, I just, you know, I, I don't feel like being a pro wrestler. I don't feel like really being anything. And it's not that I'm down on the Halloween hype. I'm just not, can, not entirely feeling it this year. Uh, and uh, that's all right, though, because it, it's the new Christmas, and it's only going to get bigger. Uh, it, it's only going to become more central. You know, as, as the war on Christmas continues, and, you know, and that's going to be probably a losing battle for people. All of those crusaders who are, you know, fighting the war on Christmas, trying to save Christmas, you know, I worry that it's all in vain. And in 10 years, 20 years, you know, we might be celebrating Halloween on Christmas. It might be December 25th. And you've got a Jack Skellington uh, 
uh, instead of an angel on your dead Christmas tree. Because that's the way things are going, you know. If this generation, you know, everybody talks about how, you know, the boomers control everything with their vote. How all those old people, how your grandparents are controlling everything, keeping everything stuck in the prehistoric age by voting in numbers. Well, they're also keeping Christmas alive. Those boomers are the ones fighting hardest in the war on Christmas. They're the hardest crusaders, the hardiest crusaders. So as those boomers die off and, you know, as those votes, as those voters die off, I think we're also going to see Halloween take more prevalence. I think we're going to see Halloween extend not just into the first days in November, because that's another thing that I've, I've seen. There have actually been Halloween parties in early November. Last year, I'm aware of one. I'm aware of a bar. There was a bar that did a Halloween party, a Halloween event, Halloween dance event on November 1st. So Halloween's already extending into November, not just with people's decorations, but bars and Halloween parties are extending into November. It's only a matter of time before Halloween is not just the new Christmas, but that Halloween's celebrated on December 25th. Take